0: Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Negler here with your Packers Daily Chat. Coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It's Tuesday. Getting ready for the Packers to hit the practice field tomorrow in preparation for their trip to Pittsburgh. to Take on the Steelers, who are actually very Packers-esque this season. Two teams having similar issues, dealing with similar things. And uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers may not have a great defense as we have seen in years past, but they have a talented defense. Um, There's certainly places the Packers can attack, and I do expect the Packers to be throwing early and often at a secondary that is pretty suspect outside of uh, uh, Porter Jr. there, who I think is having a decent season and showing that he's the real deal. But I don't want anyone coming into this game expecting the Packers to just be throwing it around the yard. They still have to run the ball, and that is not going to be easy uh, in Pittsburgh. I think if this game were being played at Lambeau, I think we could see a potential repeat of what we saw against the Rams as far as a commitment to the run game and productivity in the run game. I think, obviously, getting Aaron Jones plenty of touches, getting him involved, having A.J. Dillon running as hard as he did, the good work being done by the offensive line, all of that certainly is going to be requisite, but it's a tough place to play, and it's not as simple as just show up and execute when your ability to execute is a little different in that stadium with the crowd being what it is and the talent being what it is across the way. Um, it's easy to fire off the ball at home in the run game, a little more difficult when it's loud and you got to maybe peek in at the snap of the ball rather than being able to hear the count. There's all sorts of little things that are going to be playing into this, but Uh, This is a game where they have got to get those tough yards. Aaron Jones and company, and we saw it against the Rams, and they have to continue to do so. A commitment to the running game to stay ahead of the sticks and you know, keep Jordan Love in advantageous situations. Now, the Packers were pretty good on third down against the Rams. Um, Even some third and longs that they overcame. I don't expect them to be able to do similar things against the Steelers. I know, like I said, they're not the defense they you know, have been throughout Tomlin's tenure there, but they can get after the quarterback. And if you get in a third and long situation, uh, not just TJ Watt, but that entire front will get after it. And we all know the ups and downs the Packers have experienced along the offensive line. Hopefully Josh Nyman is able to go uh, with that back. We'll start to get some kind of idea of where these guys are health-wise tomorrow when the team gets back out on the practice field. We hear from Matt LaFleur, but, um, it's paramount this this week for the Packers to go into a place where they have not won since Bart Starr, Ray Nitschke, and Forrest Gregg were still playing. That's how long it's been. 1970 was the last time a Green Bay Packers team traveled to Pittsburgh and came out with a W. Tough place to play, man. It's a tough place to play. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what the records are. I don't care where the standings are as far as who does what well, et cetera. It is a tough place to play. And the Packers got to continue to build off a lot of the positives we saw on Sunday. and Hopefully, they will do so. Hello to everybody in the comments section. So good to see everybody. Hope you're all doing well. Ryan starting us right off with a super chat. What's up, man? I know this is a Packer chat, but nobody should vandalize property because of a longtime sports figure left for their arch rival. Shaking my head. I believe this is in reference to a Craig Council piece in a park being vandalized yesterday after the news dropped. I mean, I agree. No, it shouldn't, but I'm not surprised it did. Sports is passion. Sports fandom is passion. Fan stands for fanatic. You know, there's logical reasons that you do things when it comes to sports teams and your sports fandom. Logic goes out the window. I understand, man. It, you're right. It's, it's kind of embarrassing, actually. But I'm not surprised. And I understand where that anger, frustration, feelings of betrayal, where they come from, man. That's part of what makes sports so, I mean, engrossing, enthralling. Why we, you know, all gather every Sunday to watch the Packers. We are so invested. I don't excuse it. I don't condone it. I do understand it. Jeff, what's up, man? Went to the Rams game, came back to Michigan with carry the G, spotted cow, point, cheese curds, brats, and a Packers win. Now that sounds like a productive weekend. I'm glad you got some carry the G. Thanks so much for supporting, man. Thank you, Jeff. Really appreciate it. Uh, Jeff cleaned Wisconsin out. Yeah, no doubt. Brandy's here. What's up? Uh, Uh... Bradley says, T.J. Watt likes his matchup against our O-line this week, I am sure. Remember when we could could have drafted him? We love white guys from Wisconsin, and they picked Beagle? Oh, Beagle, because you spelled it wrong. Got it. Completely outsmarted themselves. Wait, what? Wasn't T.J. Watt from Wisconsin? I'm confused as to your complaint here. But hey, Bradley, whatever gets you through the night, it's all good. Nags, where are people going to stay for the draft? Milwaukee and take the train? Well, hey, Green Bay, building lots of new hotels. Got two new ones in the, in the hopper, as it were. But yes, people will absolutely be staying in Milwaukee. As Mark Murphy and company put out there when they had the introductory press conference when it was announced that the Green Bay Packers and uh, the NFL were bringing the draft to Green Bay, there is going to be dedicated train service between Milwaukee and Green Bay for this very reason. So, yeah, people will stay all over the place. It's just so funny to me that people have this like, I mean, I guess it's kind of the Internet, right? Like whatever the topic is of the moment, all of a sudden people become experts and or like have opinions about things they've never thought of in their life or ever had to deal with. You know, all of a sudden the Internet is filled with city planning experts, you know, like it's going to be all right, everyone. I promise you. Green Bay and the surrounding areas will more than, you know, step up to the challenge of where's everyone going to stay for the draft? And I'm not saying that's what you're insinuating, although it does kind of feel like it. But, you know, yeah, they've thought about this, people. They know what they have to do as far as being able to host 300,000 plus people for a stretch of seven days, essentially. It's going to be all right, folks. Uh, Vex what's up man saw the tweets from the Jets media complaining about Hackett Cobb etc and glad that circus is gone happy for council he gets a nice payday he does get a nice payday I mean to the point where he's gonna be able to set up not only his kids but his grandkids and his grandkids kids god bless him for that definitely and yes man Fun time watching the Jets look really discombobulated last night against the Chargers. Um, Chargers coming to Lambeau in a couple weeks. Be interesting to compare and contrast, won't it? I mean, they wanted Alan Lazard. They wanted Randall Cobb. They wanted Billy Turner. Welcome. There's a reason the Packers were fine moving on. And it's not to denigrate what any of those gentlemen did in a Green Bay Packers uniform. Father Time stops for no man. And he is also undefeated it's almost like the Packers may have a plan and kind of know what they're doing I'm not saying I'm just saying and yes it's not the only way to operate but it's their way of operating it's just curious whole summer spent you know arguing with Jets fans and Jets media pouring on about you know the situation and how The Jets were Super Bowl or bust. Well, are you still Super Bowl or bust? Didn't look like it last night. I don't know. That's just me. Brother Love, what's up, man? Any injury news, updates on Walker, Watson, etc.? Nothing yet. Uh, We'll get our first updates Wednesday, tomorrow afternoon. Practice is at, I believe, 1220 local time. Uh, Lafleur will speak after practice and we'll get some kind of indication of course the the beat reporters will be there at practice for the first kind of stretch where they're doing stretch and warming up and things like that so we'll hopefully get some kind of idea of who's participating uh, as soon as they hit the practice field this is Soder note to Matt LaFleur run the ball with Aaron Jones I like where your head's at Soder I like it buddy uh what's up Donald J-Rob experiment over so fast. More about Wilson? Well, it wasn't an experiment, Donald. Um, Obviously, for anyone who doesn't know what he's talking about, um, James Robinson was released yesterday, and they picked up another undrafted free agent running back uh, out of Connecticut to take his place on the practice squad. Um, I think that was much more. They had him in for a workout. They liked what they saw, and they knew Aaron Jones was still recovering from a hamstring injury, and he was very much way, 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 way down the list of options where, okay, if we suffer a string of injuries and need to bring someone up and fill in, okay, there's an option. They found another option that they like a little bit more. I don't think it has much to do with Wilson, Donald, as much as it has to do with Aaron Jones finally being healthy and getting through a week last week where he clearly didn't suffer any kind of setbacks, didn't feel any kind of discomfort, and then got through an entirety of a game with 20-plus touches on the ground, several more in the air you get through that and very obviously monday you're in there getting tested seeing how you respond sounds i would my guess is that you know being able to move on and continue on is much more about aaron jones being okay than anything going on behind him tony m i like your uh i like your bravado here steelers are going down i like it I like it. Wisco Sports, that's very nice of you, saying that you love what I do and you always care the G. Thank you, sir. Your question, who should the Packers target in the draft slash free agency? Uh, my friend, let's beat the Steelers. There'll be plenty of time for draft talk, free agency talk, after the season's over. I tend to shy away from it. Maybe we dip our toe a little bit more into draft talk this season, late December if the Packers are out of the playoff race, which, let's face it, high probability there. So at that point, I might start looking at the draft. But right now, just beat the Steelers, man. Mimsy, what's up? Why was the draft date news? same weekend as always? Well, they, they, not, not as always. There was a draft in May not too many years ago. Not too many years ago, they had a draft in early April. Well, just making sure we got the uh, calendar sorted. And mostly, it's probably for hotel purposes, people start booking. You have a solid date, you know. But uh, Mimsy hasn't always been on the same weekend. Hell, I remember way back when, when it was in early April. That was heaven. It goes way, way, way too long now. Way too long into the spring. (laughs) Only 90 miles to Wausau. What's up, Wausau? How you doing? Lambo Leo, what's going on, man? Thanks for the super chat. No such thing as an ugly win in the NFL. No, in the NFL, no top 25. I mean, yes and no. It, look, I understand what people have become accustomed to a certain aesthetics when it comes to the Green Bay Packers and Sunday's game certainly probably didn't leave up, uh, lead up to that kind of expectation, right? But yeah, a win's a win. You never apologize for it. Now, you can call it ugly, you can call it whatever you want, but you got to put the W in the W column that's all that matters truly and literally uh what else we got here folks carl what's going on man kcmo had over thirty-six thousand hotel rooms available to three hundred thousand draft attendees folks questioning green bay fox valley capabilities to host the draft need to calm down is that a taylor swift song i believe it is yes and i agree very much so uh john Simatovich, what's up man grassy posse stand up congrats to tom yes congrats to tom grassy the packers nominee for nfl fan of the year so well deserved i mean if for no other reason than what he did this past summer his 30 for 30 journey raising amazing amounts of money for saint jude and everything they do i just tom is a no-brainer absolute should be a shoe-in i would think to win the whole freaking thing but absolutely should be the packers representative you absolutely love to see it congrats to tom no question uh bill yes packers haven't won at pittsburgh since 1970 i mentioned that at the top of the stream it's very true bart star ray nitschke forrest greg all played on that team that's how long it's been not bart star was coaching bart star was a player still the last time they won in Pittsburgh been a long time since they rock and rolled <laughs> Corey got robbed no Corey's up for the fan Hall of Fame that's different the Packers fan Hall of Fame that's different this is a whole different that's a whole different thing as I said on transplants I nominated Corey Banky for the Green Bay Packers fan Hall of Fame I encourage everyone else to do so as well um Brett Well, that's an interesting question. Was the 96 season your favorite season as a fan in your life? Wow. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's up there. It's in the conversation. I don't really rank them. Uh, It's hard to say if there is a favorite. I mean, I love 2010. That was a hell of a journey and a hell of a ride. And I got to watch the Green Bay Packers win a championship with my kids. So that's pretty special. I don't know, man, like every season, even seasons when they didn't win a championship, of which there were plenty. um, There's lots of special ones. 2014 was amazing, even though it ended so horrifically in Seattle. The journey, especially post bye week that whole run. uh, 2016, uh, my first year on the beat when they go on the run the table march. You know, it's like there are a lot of really amazing seasons. Uh, But 96 was incredible. And I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. The, the best part about 96 was that you knew the Packers were the best team in the league. Like they were tested and there were moments, but you knew they were the best. Like there was no doubt to the point where, you know, I've said it before. There was that game against the Eagles early in the season when Edgar Bennett caught a pass up the right sideline. And I was like, we're going to the Super Bowl. You just knew it. And it's just you can't build a team like that now. Like it's not possible. As far as stacking the amount of talent that they had. Um, even the team like a lot of those teams in the nineties, whether it was the 49ers, cowboys, etc., that's just the way you could, you know, basically uh hoard talent. It's not possible in today's NFL. So it was a different time, and your kind of knowing that you had the best team to root for was kind of fun and special, no doubt about it. But uh yeah, I don't know, favorite. One of them, no doubt. John, what's up, man? Best indi- individual play you've seen from Green for Green Bay, Freeman? Well, we're on that. Or yesterday was the what was it? The uh anniversary of the he did what moment against the Vikings, right? Yeah, I don't know, man. Again, there's so many. I, I, I'm just not big on rankings. Now, you guys know I've never been a power ranker. I've, I'm not into like. Mount Rushmore's and things like that. But I mean, that's certainly up there, you know, no doubt about it. Um, I think Reggie White throwing Chris Carter into the Vikings backfield is up there. You know, there there are tons of great moments. Hell, there's plays that didn't get made like Yancey Thigpen dropping it in the end zone and sending us to the playoffs. I mean, there's so many moments and so many plays. It's really hard just to pick one, Um, you know, I'll always love Jordy Nelson going on a slant against Darrell Revis for a big touchdown right before the half against the Patriots. I mean, I don't know, man. There's a, there's so many. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? Nags, remind us of how a rebuild works in terms of frustration. Oh, you're in the thick of it. Um, You know, that four-game losing streak? I'm not going to say that's the norm, but those levels of frustration games that you're in and you sh- should be able to win and you don't. I mean, here's the thing outside of that, you know, Lions game, I think there isn't a game that they've played this year where they couldn't have like put it together and won that game. I think the Lions game, they were pretty outmatched from the gun, you know, from the start of it. But other than that, there's a lot of upside here and a lot of talent. And it's going to take a while for it to coalesce and become, you know, a, a team to be feared or taken seriously or whatever phrase you want to use but that's what this season is all about is figuring out who are those guys that you want to commit to long term and feature long term and know that you can count on long term the second half of this season brian said it at his press conference this is now nine then when he was talking 10 games are going to tell us a lot i think we started to get some answers against the rams now still a long way to go there's still plenty of frustration coming down the pike here. Uh, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying they're going on another four-game losing streak, although they could. But this is part of the gig. I'm trying to like reset your roster, reset your window for contention. No one should be under any illusions. Uh, this year yes will continue to be tough. Next year most likely will continue to be tough. Hopefully not as tough as this season because there will be lots more experience the guys playing together. But it's not You don't just show up and, you know, turn it around instantly. Now, there are ways you could probably go about kickstarting things, right? And maybe making a quicker move to, okay, well, we're going to jettison all this and we're going to sign a bunch of free agents. We're going to manipulate the salary cap, but that bill always comes due. And that's what the Packers are paying right now is all this kind of tricks they did financially to keep the core together, try and win one last championship with Rodgers, which never materialized. You know, they don't want to try and paper things over, which is what the Saints have done, really. You know, what they're trying to avoid doing is what the Saints have done. And, you know, as frustrating as this year is and as frustrating as there, you know, times as there will be next season, the idea is to open up another window where you're a contender for another eight, nine years, ten years, what have you. And this is the start of that process. And I get it might not be popular, might not be the way fans want them to go about it. But I appreciate their approach. I've told you guys that a million times. I really do appreciate it. F, thanks to the super chat. Joe Barry versus Matt Canada. A stoppable force versus a movable object. Yeah, I, F, I made this observation last Thursday night when the uh, Titans and the Steelers were going at it. Canada versus Barry strap in man get ready to be bored silly i mean who knows who both sides can ball out just from sheer randomness but yeah it's uh something i don't want to think about too much and just let it unfold as it were greg asks uh greg thanks for checking out the stream on facebook do you think some of this talent is overrated uh need a little bit more specifics there i mean some of it could be some of them might be underrated for all we know and my kind of standard answer whenever anybody asks us about it overrated or underrated who's doing the rating you know what i mean like i've seen a lot of people excited by the potential and possibility and you know the ceilings of a lot of these guys but i don't think anybody's sitting here going oh these are all first ballot hall of famers they're all a bunch of all pros like and if anyone is saying that, well, then you can probably set them to ignore. But yeah, I don't who's doing the rating? They're trying to figure out what they've got. I don't think the Packers are sitting here going, well, these are a bunch of future all pros, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. The rating thing is always weird to me. Like I think people are excited by what they see. It's a lot of youth promise when you see Dontavian Wicks get targeted four times and catch all four of them and be their second leading receiver on the day behind another rookie in Luke Musgrave, who gets his first NFL touchdown, you get excited about it. Now, does that mean that they've arrived? No, there's still a lot of work to do. they still got a lot of work on their game, a lot of blemishes, things to iron out. But, yeah, no, it's exciting to see young guys start to produce, hopefully build upon that. But, you know, overrated, maybe. I mean, in the sense of where they were drafted, maybe. But even that draft is a pretty big crap shoot as it is so i don't know man i just thought it's just a hard question to answer uh what else we got here folks we got Skyler. what's up man should we expect to see more creativity from matt pre-snap motion the musgrave td etc or does this feel more like a one-off good game from him i think there's been creativity each and every week kind of in different facets but uh, you know, Matt's done some really cool stuff this year. Uh, you know, Not all of it has produced results, but that doesn't mean there hasn't been creativity. I mean, go back to week one. I think I talked about I can't remember what – I talked so much football during the week. I can't remember where I was when I said this, but that throwback screen to Aaron Jones in week one against Chicago, you've now seen that in like four or five different games throughout the league as people steal. The same way Matt stole that touchdown to Musgrave from – the 49ers and a couple other people. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, I think there's been creativity. There's been a lack of execution at times. And there's certainly been approaches game plan wise where I'm okay. Maybe I would do things a little differently, but I'm me, I'm a Madden player. I'm not an NFL head coach, play caller, you know? So yeah, I just, I would just temper any ideas of like, Oh, there's a lack of creativity. I think there's, there's creativity on display. We just get to enjoy it or revel in it or whatever when it's executed properly. You know what I mean? Uh, Abdul, what's up, man? Which wide receiver are you excited about slash has highest ceiling? I go back and forth on this. That's a really good question, man. I, I have a hard time denying how good Dontavian Wicks looks every time I watch him. I'm probably most excited about the potential for Jaden Reed, but I don't think we've seen him scratch it yet. I think with Wicks, you see every time he's on the field, every time he's thrown to, like, I get it, man. Like, Think you know the Brooks ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. get him involved more and more. But yeah, with Reed, I think there's still a lot of untapped potential there. And I don't think we've really even seen him utilized to his fullest capabilities. And some of that is just down in distance where they're at, the game plan, what the opponent is, what's the scheme, how can you best utilize him, All of that. But man, I think he could be a really big weapon still eventually. Um, it's a long way to go, but yeah, for the highest ceiling, i I probably still say Reed, even as much as I love Wicks. Um, I still think Reed could be pretty damn special. Dennis, what's up? How are you, man? How do we go about eliminating penalties like the neutral zone lineup? Well, the neutral zone thing is pretty special. I mean, special as in pretty rare and unique. You know, Runyon said he's been lining up that way his whole life, whole football life. And to get called twice in one game, he didn't know about it the first time he, because they called, they said Yash Nyman's number, so he didn't even know the penalty was on him the first time. You know, it's pretty easy. Okay, well, now you got to adjust your stance, right? Now that he knows that it's a penalty. Some of the other stuff, though, man, I tell you, the pre-snap stuff is the stuff that kills me. Like the the kind of lack of concentration, whether it's false starts, and we saw a couple more of those this past week, or... Rashawn Gary lining up offsides, you know, man, those those are in your control. And I don't know as a coach what you do because you know the old adage is you get what you emphasize. So how do you emphasize that? You know? I, I I'm sure there's ideas and theories, what have you, within the coaching profession, but at some point it's on the players. They have to do it. So yeah, they gotta do it though. They they just kill themselves with that pre-snap shit. Um Did we ever get an explanation on the offsides? Not yet, Jared. I know Matt said he was going to, you know, submit it to the league like they do every week with certain calls. Um, And I'm sure he'll get asked about it tomorrow. At least I hope he does. And, you know, hopefully tomorrow we start, well, we hear whatever the league's explanation might be. Um, I'm not holding my breath, though. Let's, Let's put it that way. Abdul, thanks again, man. Google says we have $40 million in cap space next year. Would that mean we've been through the worst and we're out of cap hell? No, Abdul. Um, I wouldn't trust Google on this one. Uh, there's a lot of things that they're going to have to do still to massage the salary cap next season. Um, it ain't like your grocery list. It ain't like you're budgeting at your kitchen table for groceries during the week, right? There's a lot of bonuses that will come up. Uh, things that will get triggered at the start of the league year. Um, they're guys that, you know, have ballooning cap hits. I wouldn't, A, I wouldn't, like, worry about it, right? Russ Ball, that's his job. He will handle it as he always does. But, no, they're not out of the woods next year. 2025, that's when things get, I'm not going to say easy, but much more kind of freeing and less stringent as far as their ability to maneuver and sign free agents sign guys to big deals etc but yeah, they do the big thing next year is they get out from under rogers contract because obviously this season it's like a 40 i believe two or three million dollar cap hit in dead cap that they're you know holding over from aaron rogers that is gone next season and that's the big one so that will help no no question about it one more year of coupon clipping yeah that's that's pretty much it All right, everybody, I got to get going. I can't thank you guys enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Patreon members, carry the G-Club members. I'll see you at the top of the hour on the happy hour. Information is on the respective pages. For the rest of you, please do hit like, hit subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family. Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go Pack Go.